today. Ready? Okay. Um, hello and welcome to Live from Studio Venus. I'm Laura Lee and today my guest is Stacy McIntosh. Um, I met her when I had my shop, Drunken Sailor, um, but it's been fun getting to know you and getting to know your interests <laughs> because of course our shop was sort of like 50s style, yeah. which you rocked equally well yeah but um your heart's in sort of the middle ages <laughs> <laughs> and yeah when did you sort of have you always since you were a kid i know you did you grow up in switzerland or spent a lot of time there uh i've been really fortunate that um for my dad's side there are all swiss so we were fortunate enough like that we shaved all of our money to every few years we go back and we visit the family. Oh, nice. So I've been really fortunate to have Swiss family and, you know, now that they're traveling everywhere, just I call it the European family. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of everywhere now. Well, and that was one of the things when I was kind of reading about you and you were sort of saying, um, yes, you're kind of Swiss, but then all around Switzerland yeah. are all of these different countries that... Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a favorite country? Or do you have to say Switzerland? <laughs> I miss Switzerland a lot. Um, I've that's never a, been. What's it like? It's it's like Canada, but even cleaner. Yeah? And I don't know. Um, I speak French and English. Yeah. And you go there, and the average number of languages spoken is per person. Like, there's a lot of languages there. Like, for example, the last time we were there, um, we were just at a food vendor at one of the markets. And that lady, I'm pretty sure she, like, I counted at least four different languages that I, I understood. Oh, and there's really? two others that I'm like, could be the same one, might not be. And that's, that's not a surprise there. Yeah. There's just, there's a lot of ability to access other nations and get places there. So it just... Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot closer, and so yeah. you know when I think. I mean, some are only a couple hours from another country that speaks a completely different language. Yeah. And so, yeah, you know, imagine if we went to Calgary and they all spoke a different language, we'd probably yeah. get to know it fairly well, right? And you'd also just respect that that's the language that the people speak. Like <laughs> different from Lethbridge to Calgary. I mean, that could be three different countries. That's true. Yeah. 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 I mean, I I mean, I grew technically grew up. I was born in Lethbridge. Oh, okay. Um, I did French immersion in Lethbridge, um, but I also had a reason to do French immersion, right? I wanted to be able to speak to my family. Right. So. So I guess I'm super daft. In Switzerland, they speak French. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So Switzerland technically has four national languages. Right, because I um, thought there was... Oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah, no, no, you're right. Um, <laughs> it's it's German, yeah. then it's French, oh. then it's Italian, and then there's this other language um, called Romanche, which I think the best way I can explain it is it sounds kind of like they're speaking German, and then suddenly they'll drop an Itali Italian vowel. Oh. So okay. I kind of think of it as what happens when the Germans and the Italians meet in the mountains. <laughs> you get Romanche. And me, I'm, I'm sorry if I offended anyone, but it's beautiful language. Yeah. I just, I'm not great with the German. 
and I'm not great with the <laughs> Italian. Yeah. So when combined, I mean, it's not really a combination, but it's the best way to explain it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really lost, but it's really pretty to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> but so when you're there, though, and you speak the French, then a lot of people speak French because it's yeah. another recognized language. Yes. And then Geneva itself is in a, is in a canton, I think province, um, that mostly speaks French, like the, the primary there. But... Switzerland also has so many English speakers that when my husband goes, he only speaks English. Right. Um, he had no problems. It doesn't matter yeah. where he's going. They'll they'll say, oh, and when you hear your accent and you're wearing your maple leaf, they're like, oh, you're not one of those rude people. We're good. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, cool. So where did you get this interest in medieval times and reenactment and sewing your own clothes? Okay, well, it goes, like, I've always loved costuming. I found, a like, a coil-bound notebook from the second grade where I had been drawing costumes. Oh, really? Like, I had, like, fairy costumes, like, fancy stuff that I'm like, could I even have made that? And the thing is, I know I did for my Barbies and stuff like that. Oh. I know that I did that. And then, I don't remember when it was, but when Madonna did her Vogue on one of the awards show, yeah. she wore, like, the Marie Antoinette French outfit. Oh yeah, yeah. And that costume, like that I that was like fundamental for me of like that's so fancy. I wanna So make this it. is because of Madonna. This is because of Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She wore that and I'm just like oh. and then I started really paying attention to yeah. all the movies that came out and yeah, movies aren't a really great guide for what is historical and appropriate. They're they're artist renditions of a period. <laughs> that's all you need to know. That's what the artist thought it would be. Yeah. But it was an amazing thing. And then when I went to university, there was a medieval group there um, that was called the Society for Creative Anachronism. And they were a group that's like, if it's medieval-ish and renaissance-ish and you try, come and join us. Yeah. And that was kind of where I started. And then Ever After came out that year. I just dated myself. uh you know that's that's when i started looking at those costumes and that's what inspired my italian run clothing that i had made Mm. so um my first outfit that i made was i was in i think it was my second semester and i was taking i think it was like an intro to drama class that i'm like i could take for the sake of taking yeah 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 and we're like oh i took that one too (laughs) yeah and it's like oh well we're gonna do and i got put i was in the group that chose um Shakespeare for their thing so at that point I made an outfit to do it everyone else is like what are you doing and I'm like so I know I knew at that point I was a little bit hooked but I also had a reason to make it too because I could also wear it to that other group so I like double the reason and is every not obviously everyone isn't but is it really common that in those groups because you're not finding the clothing of course down at your your local shop pretty much are there a lot of people that make their own or get like do most people get them made so back in the day because there's there's what was and there's what is now right um back in the day uh you hoped you could find something at a thrift store that kind of passed or you learned to sew or you became really good friends with someone who could sew right and i have been lucky i have actually been sewing thanks to good old uh, junior high and home ec class i've been sewing since i was 16. oh wow am i particularly amazing no i'm no seamstress yeah i sew i'm not a seamstress <laughs> like there's i'm yeah. not a tailor like there's levels here and i'm not yeah. that 
Yeah. I can tell you a lot of ways to do something wrong. <laughs> because I have so, over 20 years of experience doing that so right now. So you know, yeah, you know what not to do especially. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, you can do that, but you're not going to like yourself. Yeah. So. so right from the beginning of, like, let's say when you're in university, yeah. was it really important that you stay really accurate as well? Or this first foyer, it was more about making something work and... Oh, no, I made a lot of gowns work. Um, right. They just... I knew the basics of sewing and it didn't really matter to me on, it was, I believe the term that some people are using is historically adequate. <laughs> and, and honestly, I don't think I would have even given myself- I don't think about you that is adequate. Like, <laughs> you would only describe as adequate, adequate. Um, I, I, I don't even think I would have given myself that label back then either, because yeah. I never, I wasn't looking at I wasn't really looking into the history of it. I wasn't looking at pictures of, you know, what things should look like. Right. I, I was going based on based on movies right. and these pictures that I think are medieval. Yeah. This is what I'm building, and right. <laughs> I mean, and then the internet and online yeah. collections. Yeah. So back then, you don't really. It's not easy unless yeah. if you have someone who happens to have like one of those really great historically based books. Yeah. How are you going to know? Yeah. Yeah. How, how is it? I mean, I had access to the library, but unless if you knew exactly this time period, I'm looking at this and um, the university helped me a lot with learning how to research. Right. Yeah. And yeah. my degree isn't anything related <laughs> to what history. Is your degree? Yeah. I have a bachelor of science in neuroscience. Oh, there you go related but <laughs> I am really good at research right. I can look at something and and like track back the sources and decide whether or not you know go back and decide why they decided this versus this which is something when I was looking what you're doing it was something that really impressed me because you're doing a ton of research so not only are you finding sort of what's going on then but like all this back research that you do yeah. Um, yeah, it's totally impressive. And I was looking at the project that you're, sorry, the big project that you're starting now and the yeah. research you're doing for that is crazy. Well, eh? I mean, I think the difference is I have access to that information now. Yeah. There are other groups there that now, because, yo, internet, I'm talking like the internet is like this new thing and it's not, <laughs> but we're actually sharing information yeah. now. Before, when I first started, it felt like I have the information and I'm not sharing it. It really felt like a hoarding of information. Ah. I have it, but unless if you're a member of my secret cabal, <laughs> I'm not sharing it with you. Yeah, yeah. And that, I hate that. Yeah. It's like when you teach something, I, I, I remember back in the day for a while, I thought when I taught somebody and then they went and made it their own and all that, I, I had this initial, oh my goodness, they're copying me. And I'm like, but they're not. They're no. sharing the information, which is like the entire point for me. Right. Right. So, yeah. Speaking, let's just you know, let's talk about with what you're wearing. Can yeah. you? Can you? People who are watching us on YouTube <laughs> are going to get to see what you're wearing. But can you kind of uh, describe what you're wearing? What era it's from? Sure. I am a huge fan of the 15th century. Um, this is just a very simple front lace dress. Um, I know it's probably a little bit fancier than it was back in the day because I used a lot of the gores. I kind of made it in a way that even though I'm wearing purple, which 
was a more expensive color was still a color like if it's not the deep purple oh, okay. um, which is this, a royal type color yeah right? this, yeah would I mean this, no? this this stuff would have been expensive okay versus this was probably so that even darker though, velvety color is yeah that this expensive. darker this darker like the darker the truer the shade the the richer you probably were oh because it took so much dye hey? you probably had to do a couple of dips um i'm newer at, at natural dyeing which is one of the things i want to do yeah um but this was probably like a second or third after like this is the leftovers and the dyers like sweet now that i've paid got this person to pay for my first expensive batch right this is what's left right, right. so even though it's purple it's I, it I'm is not, a lighter yeah i'm not wearing it's i'm definitely a working class person right. in this outfit um i know this is a fancy thing but i mean you can you can have the odd thing like that um i am actually wearing proper whoop, don't wreck the mic <laughs> yeah bring them up so we can see i'm yeah. actually wearing my proper undergarments and so here. the proper footwear then are sort of these leather little booties lace-up booties and they there isn't a lot of evidence that um shoes were gendered so much back then oh so which makes sense maybe because you've well, got that one, ease of pattern right just bigger or smaller just bigger or smaller yeah. i mean a couple of straps a couple of buckles and you're good to go um i mean i have some shoes that are multiple buckles that wrap around that if i know i'm going to be running around or anything like that um and what about these sleeves that you put on so you've pinned them on yeah careful if you see someone wearing this outfit they got they got pins yeah that's right um <laughs> so you oh, would have <laughs> no worries um to stay warm, you would have had sleeves. Now, you could make a garment with the matching sleeves all the way down, mm -hmm. and they did that. But the advantage here is I'm showing that I can afford some slightly more expensive, darker oh. fabric, and I have it in wool. So if it's cold outside, like it is right now, it's snowing. Was this wool more expensive then? <sighs> See that? Or I mean, I guess you don't know all the price ranges, but I mean. I mean, yes, we kind of do, because we actually have access to the scrolls and after like after the 14th century they started writing a lot more stuff down yeah i mean we knew what the average price for bread was we knew what the average price for to go get some ale was like we know that and we yeah. knew what the average worker got paid and well, it started getting wickedly structured by you know the high to late middle ages so we knew that um wool it depends where you are right uh i mean Fabric was still expensive. It was still someone spinning, you know, the flax or the wool or the fleece into a thread. Then someone had to weave it. Then someone had to either choose to dye it at that point or construct it. Right. So right. Um, the other advantage to this is if you could get your hands on, you know, if you knew someone and you could get your hands on the silk, this is the time to, this right. is where you want to put it. a little fancy arm. Or um, a little pouch, like a lot of ladies pouches uh, that you find are like kind of smaller. Yeah. Yeah, definitely no room for a cell phone in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and you're layered. So is it a fairly, did they sort of just wear like a cotton underdress and then another prettier sort of cotton most of your underclothing at this point is going to be linen and it's either going to be you're going to hope uh for a naturalish color linen um which linen could go naturally anywhere from like a grayish tone to a very creamy tone like it it varies depending on where you get it hmm. um a linen under something was foundational and pretty much until you start getting a little bit later and towards the renaissance what a woman wore and what a man wore is pretty similar 
Hmm. Uh, the only difference usually is in the length, because uh, men's tunics and everything was usually below their knees anyway. Oh, okay. And in the summer, there's a lot of evidence that women wore shorter, like, undergarments underneath their overgarments. Right. And linen is amazing. It's actually one of the reasons why I chose that for my project. Um, you know, the, the part of the manuscript I'm looking at is about linen clothing and the health benefits of it and the dangers yeah. of it. And what are the dangers? That sounds obsessive. So <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> they used to think, they used to think that linen um, prevented you from sweating. Oh, okay. They didn't quite realize the wicking was happening. Linen is amazing. Yeah. If you want to choose, I mean, it's not the cheapest. Cotton's probably a better thing to to start on if you're gonna like just practice sewing and stuff like that. Yeah. But linen is one of those things that if you're just gonna like, I want to make myself a dress. Out of linen, really? It's wrinkly. Yeah, it is wrinkly, but it's just it. It's so great. It it will keep you. It will wick things away, and it just best underlayer ever. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, and that I wonder if that is something that they cultivated, knowing that between that and cotton, because cotton would have been there at the same time as linen, right? So cotton does exist at the same time as linen, and it we know that it existed in Europe because we have a lot of evidence of it in sales intense yeah and all that but what i'm wondering if there wasn't a socio-economic reason why right. cotton wasn't a little bit more prevalent in the middle ages we know in italy and we know in spain that there was actually finer cotton and we know egyptian cotton was a thing right 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 you know it, it was there and we know that you know uh in aleppo there is amazing cotton mills there hmm. but uh poor place I mean they had a pretty bad uh, incident there but we also know um, that it while it could come uh, flax has been around just as long and yeah. whether or not the cotton plant that we know is yeah. actually like that like how genetically similar is it yeah, we don't right? actually know that that's so true um, we know that it did get mixed there was also a big rule, like, remember, religion is a thing. Remember the whole thing against mixed fibers? Don't wear no. mixed, uh, you know, there's, 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 there's <laughs> there was a religious yeah. doctrine against mixing oh, fibers. Oh, really? And part of us wonder if that was more something that got enforced because the flax people didn't want the yeah. cotton people in on their turf. <laughs> so there's a bit of socioeconomic things there. Right. And we went, I also wonder if, um, cotton wasn't used necessarily for some of the poorer people right because right. there there's a lot of evidence that we know the cotton's there I mean but we also know that it's not a thing that a lot of people wore because like when we get to Queen Elizabeth the first yeah she only has one cotton under thing oh really and why like yeah. <laughs> at that point people are sailing oceans and stuff like that so why yeah and the answer is probably there i just haven't done enough research and <laughs> honestly now that i know linen yeah forget cotton yeah <laughs> and your bonnet that you're wearing it's linen too yeah i, um, could, I could see it was linen yeah. yeah um the other thing about it is it's probably whiter than it really should be mm. um when i made it i didn't realize like to bleach linen is something that would have been a little bit more complicated. I mean, I'm not sure people versus, it probably would have been a natural one. That said, all the veils that you see on women, 
yeah. of the, all the time period, it's always white. So they must have done something. And we know that they stiffen things a little bit too. So Right. And yeah. I notice on the back, which maybe must be protective, yep. right? Maybe I'll take a picture after and we can put that on the hmm. video after. Because it's kind of neat the way it's drawn in and that That's keeps it on. Cheat. That's a cheat. That's something that I added in. Um, Good call. It looks yeah. like it would make it comfortable and stay on. Yeah, no, it, um, one of the reasons uh -huh. why I do this one, I have one that I uh, tie on and then I put the knot here and fold it back oh, okay. because this thing's also great. So if the weather's not so great, right, you can actually wear it a little bit. And, and you've got your face. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, um, it's one that you see a lot in the Flemish areas mm. and there's a lot of uh, questions about how it was done because right. some people thought it was like done in a kind of a square piece with kind of like a wrap thing similar to that of a turban right um whether or not it was just a kerchief that had been tied but the the wing thing that's this fashion right now. oh that's just fashion yeah i mean honestly if i wanted to get fashionable and if i was a rich person my yeah. i should pluck my hairline back to like here oh wow and then i should also be finding ways to like get rid of my eyebrows like oh a, yeah, that's why you see yeah. the Flemish yeah. painters. Right. When I yeah. think back to yeah, the yeah, it was it it was a thing. And if you look at those, um, I like the Burgundian, the Burgundian time period, where they're in power, they're taking power from the French, and you know, mm. Steele and Joan of Arc, they're 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 <laughs> hateful and wonderful. And though I've got to say, everyone keeps doing all of these beautiful. Um, movies and everything about the Italian city-states and the Borgias and everything and I'm like yeah. oh look at the Burgundians they're equally salacious oh is that right just go look at them they've done so much stuff please do it <laughs> so have you done any costumes from that era does that interest you um well the one of the outfits that I wanted to wear because the reason I chose era, Germany I guess oh no I get yeah. it okay. um because Germany you know like you've got Germany and then you've got France and then the Burgundians are kind of there. They're kind of all hanging out with each other. Yeah. So um, there's a lot of influence on there. Uh, technically, this was my version of a tighter fitted. Um, I actually wore this for the, a Lethbridge living photo shoot. Um, and this hat goes with it. Yep. Yeah. Um, Which it, it, what we're looking at is a beautiful, beautiful purple. Um, this has ornament on it. Yeah. So with having sort of this ornament and this heavy beautiful material as you said this is something more a rich person oh yeah would wear when you first start into costuming you're not really interested in wearing what regular people wear <laughs> you want to wear the fancy yeah, stuff yeah, right like wanna, yeah. my first costume that I had made for that like that first thing in drama yeah was was a man-made fiber but it was a brocade it was like a light blue and um and like um, I'm gonna say cream brocade. Oh, beautiful! And it was really pretty. And I found it in the cheap section, and I just bought a whole bunch of it. Yeah. And I was so fancy. <laughs> <laughs> and then as I go along, I am way more interested in what did regular people wear? Right. What right. did the, the common person wear? Yeah. So. Well, and it was really interesting on your. I think it's your latest YouTube video yeah. um, where you talk about you know looking and trying to find the costume you want to make and going through all these different manuscripts yeah. that are online now like you were saying thank goodness yeah so being <laughs> able to go through those and it just seemed like such a process like a wonderful process but such a process because you really really are researching yeah. within that aren't you and yeah. yeah and so what 
what sort of, is there an event that you're gonna go to that you wanna have this dress for? Is it something that's a personal? So, there, <laughs> my original intention was to start trying to participate. Every once in a while I'd see people do a manuscript challenge where they go, I'm gonna copy this picture. And then I thought about it. I'm like, well, I could just try and fit in the picture. But I could also, like, I'm trying to understand why did they bother to paint that picture? Right. And in this particular manuscript, which I'm probably going to mispronounce again, the Tequinum Sanitatis, okay. or the Tables of Health. Hmm. I could be wrong. <laughs> uh, my Latin sucks. Uh, <laughs> they basically talk about all these different things that you need to know um, to uh, be healthy. Oh, okay. because they really believed in in like hot and cold and dry and moist and if something was wrong it's because something of that was out of balance oh yeah so um so when looking at uh you know that kind of manuscript i was really enthralled in it because like i, I have a science background so the idea that i found something that was kind of a secular textbook mm -hmm. about health um I was drawn in because not only is there, you know, here's a picture, but here's why it's important. You know, they talk about, um, you know, make sure you have this food and this food and don't mix it with this food because of this danger. And then even the clothing, they have one on um, that the one that exists in every single one of the books back to the 11th century is wool and linen clothing and what, what's good about them and what's bad about them. Oh. And then when you get a little bit later, they added an extra panel about silk clothing hmm. because... Yeah. <laughs> it's funny when you were saying that, it sort of reminded me of, I guess, you can't help it, but the yin and yang, right? Mm -hmm. Which would have been before that, because mm -hmm. we're talking about Eastern religions. Mm -hmm. So, it, you know, it almost sounds like it might be influenced by... Absolutely. That. It absolutely is. Because if you actually see the original person that they painted it off of, yeah, he's Arab. Ah. This definitely is something that probably went all the way back to Constantinople. Yeah. And... You got to remember the, you know, especially when we're talking about the, we have the early Middle Ages, the High Middle Ages, and the Late Middle Ages. And for a while there, um, in the early part, you know, Europe is a little bit cut off for a little bit. But then the, you know, we started going to not Europe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to say it. Everyone started like, oh, going to not Europe. <laughs> I mean, they started the Crusades and started saying, this is mine. Yeah. I yeah. mean, if anything, it's, I find that time history, like, there's a lot of stuff that happened during the Crusades. For example, um, people would go to the Crusades uh, and it would just be, you know, Joe Schmo from Village A. And they would go and loot from the mosques. Oh. So suddenly, they had access to brocade silk. Right. And since, you know, his wife back home is probably never going to see him again, I'm going to send it back home. Oh. And then that's why we have sumptuary laws that suddenly appear. Rules about who could wear what and when. Because suddenly these not status people have access to status things. Right. Yeah. Oh. I huh. mean, even some of our saints are shrouded in things that are covered in um, Muslim inscriptions hmm. because they stole it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> stealing is not a current thing. It's... Oof. And stealing of culture. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, if you go back to the 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 early Middle Ages, I refuse to call them the Dark Ages. Refuse. Why? Because they weren't. Just because yeah. Rome went away doesn't mean that the, these amazing cultures didn't happen. Right. But they the if you look at the Vikings, and I roll my eyes when I call it that because they're not just one culture. There is whatever. When they started <laughs> traveling, they weren't just seeing other white people. <laughs> You know, right. we have evidence of them contacting the Mongols. We have evidence of them making it all the way over to Canada. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to let's incite some stuff. They weren't this master race. So if you want to come in here and be a Nazi, bring it. I'm Swiss. <laughs> I'll happily. <laughs> Swiss Canadian. Come smack, smack down. Uh-uh, don't bring no Nazi crap to me. Yeah. 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 Not, not here. Oh, cool. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Bring it. <Yeah. laughs> the look on your face. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> but um, that's actually one thing you have to be careful when you go into some of the history. Because a lot of the stuff that people think about the Middle Ages um, is based on what Victorians wrote down. Or what we see on movies. <laughs> yes, which is primarily based on what the Victorians wrote oh, okay. versus now that we have access to actual, yeah. you know, court rules mm -hmm. and censuses, there's a lot of information there that, yeah, I mean, even when they're starting to look at Viking graves and they're going, oh, this was a man and they're like, hmm, there's, you know, female mitochondrial team oh. in here, you know. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, that fighter was girl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hate to break it to you. Yeah. Which, again, shows a shift in culture, too, then, right? Yeah. Like, absolutely. Um, so many of, of the cultures, once they come into contact with others, and, yeah, yep. women, it seems to go down in a lot of different cultures. Well, it really, it, there's this wax and wane that happens, because, um, you know, depending on the early middle ages women really were in charge of the money in the home and like not in the you're in charge of home they just that's just yeah that's just and then um <laughs> the black plague oh man i can't believe we're talking about a plague <laughs> um you know anytime there's strife in the human existence yeah uh women's power goes up so after the black plague all these workers die right because we don't care about the regular working people. Yeah, right. Mm. Gee, really? Yeah. Boy, that's... So, nothing changes. <laughs> yeah. Parallel, um, parallel, parallel. I know. Um, but then women have to work. And, you know, while they're not necessarily getting paid the same amount, suddenly we see women working outside of home. Right. And, like, especially in the 14th century, um, women are suddenly being allowed to go into guilds. Oh. And it's not necessarily always um, one just because her husband's there or their dad was there. Hmm. There are some working places that we subscribe to women, like weaving and spinning. Expect right. that to be. And then by the time 15th century comes around and the population is starting to come back up, they start getting told, you know, back to home with you, back to home with you. Yeah. Which kind of like reminds in the 50s. Me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right after like Second yeah. World War and everything. We like you have no we don't now. change <laughs> yeah i'm sure it'll happen yeah I'm sure it'll yeah we don't change yeah. yeah yeah 
So uh, why is it, I, I'm thinking it's sort of the wonderful research geekiness of you that needs to also like, so when you we were talking about a piece that you made for your husband yep. and how you hand stitched the entire yep. thing. Yep. One reason being you said it's more durable, which is interesting to me. Because for some reason in my mind, I'm assuming that a sewing machine is, so it must be the way you sew. <laughs> so there's a lot of different types of stitches. Um, if you do, I'm just going to say, if you know how to do proper backstitch, yeah. that thing will outsurvive a, machi a machine straight stitch any day of the week. Hmm. It just will. Yeah. And you've got to think about it, that the average person didn't, wasn't, didn't have access to the crazy fast fashion crap that we have now. Right. Where it has to be. Yeah, no fast, fast fashion. fashion. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, they had to make their outfits last. I mean, yeah. even when you're getting into the Victorian ages, you know, they might have restyled their clothing and redone them, but they made them to last. Right. And, you know, that's when sewing machines were just starting. Right. So. Yeah. Um, I know when I when I made his, I mean, I had to learn how to fell seams. And okay, and what does that mean? That's making the seam lie flat in a way so it's still protected. Oh, wow, my and, goodness. And then how you do it changes depending on where you want it to be. I want this back, I wanted this back seam. Thank goodness for people online teaching me how to do this stuff. It's fascinating online. Like literally almost anything you want to know, you can look it up. And which is why I also appreciate on yours is you're sharing your knowledge. Oh too, yeah. Right? I'm going to, I'm going to share all the links that I have versus you can see that I kind of double seam down the back there versus mm -hmm. this one. I did a kind of a roll. And the reason why is I wanted this oh, seam. Yeah. This seems going to be kind of, bagged and in a certain way and it's going to cause the structure to last a certain way okay um when he wears it um versus this is going to want to lie like this is going to kind of force it out a bit versus this is going to keep everything lying nice and flat so stitches are also just fashionable which i mean i guess yep. i guess we kind of know with the gathering we see yep. in different things but i again i'm not a sewer so to me this is sort of fascinating by the way you're doing your stitches yes so not just even the cuts but yes. your actual stitches that you're getting into is, tailoring at that point. Right. Those are the people that will make sure your cuff stays up. That's the people that, you know, man, tailors are magicians. They're just yeah. amazing. Yeah. And then you have to make sure when you're sewing your buttonholes that you're oh, doing it in a way. My spouse is hard on his clothes because he likes going out and doing things. Um, <laughs> I actually did it all in a silk because silk thread is just stronger than any poly thing that you're going to get and it's mm -hmm. just gonna it's made for that mm -hmm. and then you know made the buttons which and would they turn have out, covered buttons then oh these they aren't covered have. these aren't covered these are, are literally they? just a piece of linen it was a circular piece oh. of linen that you draw in and then you draw in again and you just like squeeze it, it there's nothing in there it, oh, it's just yeah. linen oh, yeah okay and then you just tie it on um a couple of ways that i did this could have been done a little bit better now that i found a book that actually shows me some of the stuff from this time period that could be a little bit better. But yeah. I'll tell it's you. It's wonderful though, because your your husband is a very tall man. <laughs> and and so to try and to make something like this for him has got to be a... Yeah, and I mean, it was also time that it was going to be away from him for a while. So it was kind <laughs> of a really nice thing yeah. to be able to think about him while I'm working on it. 
Oh, like okay. I miss you. I'm making you something because oh, I love you. You guys were uh, literally apart. Yeah, I was actually oh. um, on Vancouver Island for two weeks. Oh. I'm like, well, I'm just gonna sit here and sew a thing. Oh, um, nice. So that's what I did during that time. The um, the other danger of all these sources online mm -hmm. is there are fast fashion historical people out there now uh -huh. that you can you want to buy a viking outfit a general viking right. outfit with a drinking horn and yeah yeah there's so much stuff that you're like are there horns on that helmet and oh the, then you have those guys that wear the braids and they're you know <laughs> they're just there yeah. is a guy on youtube called the welsh viking yeah. and if you ever want the most delicious shade on what is not viking <laughs> He's like, he's kind of like my Ru RuPaul yeah. of, of the Viking wear. And I'm like, yes, please keep going, Jimmy. I love you. We'll have to, we'll have to look him up. <coughs> so you have quite a bit of social media. You have your YouTube. Yep. And on your YouTube, you share a lot of, of practical things, how-tos, I guess, for lack of a better mm -hmm. word, um, as well as kind of what you're doing. Um, and you're on Pinterest, which I was looking at your Pinterest. I was like, oh my God, I could get lost my, in here. My Pinterest, I shifted from my personal Pinterest over to everything. You're going to have to check out this Pinterest because it's full, <laughs> it's full of almost everything that you didn't know you wanted, but now are fascinated with. That's uh, what happened to me. It's the tangent brain. If I can't get to, if I can't figure out how to do something, I will go on Pinterest, even though it's kind of a lie because a lot of Pinterest things link back to other Pinterest things instead of the person that you want to credit. Sorry, mind I, <laughs> uh, I hate, I yeah. hate that it steals from people. Yeah. Like I want to credit the person. It's one of the reasons why, and I have links there. It's important that it links back to the manuscript that it came from. Right. But I find Pinterest is also fantastic for just making a mood board or an idea board and just, yeah. and then throw a bunch of stuff on there and then you can look at it and go, And now you this can is choose crap. your, yeah. Uh, I believe I even have a Pinterest board of, sorry, not medieval. <laughs> that was one I shared I with like a friend. It, but <laughs> I mean, I love fantasy yeah. stuff. Yeah. I mean, I started with fairies. Yeah. I love fantasy stuff, but just don't say, this is historically accurate. Right, right. It, it, just say, I had some fun with this. Mm -hmm. It was my artistic rendition of what I think it should be. Yeah. Do it. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Just don't lie about it. Yeah. Don't lead people down the primrose path. Primrose path. <laughs> well, when I first yeah. started, I got sucked in by a lot of the Victorian drawings of what medieval were. Oh. A lot of the outfits I made were based on like the Waterhouse paintings or Keats or you jerks. Like I just had no yeah. idea. Yeah. I went down the, I totally went the wrong way. But there's a lot of romanticism, like they really, there was a revival of what, what the Middle Ages in that time period. There's like, oh, it was so much better. And, and then we get a lot of ideas. Like, for example, um, one of the ideas that I get is, uh, oh, it looks, it, it looks really rough. So, you know, it's totally like Middle Ages. I'm like, oh. no, like, it's like not finishing your hems. You spent a lot of time on that clothes. They would not have like, yeah, I think a ratty hem, like they just wouldn't have done that. It yeah. took time and money to make your outfit. Ain't yeah. gonna do it. Yeah. Although once you're in there getting 
dirty and whatever, yeah. wouldn't that maybe be something that would happen? Or do you think by the the time they took to make those clothes, there's going to be that upkeep of the clothes too? Well, there's there's also going to be your family. Because hard, right? Yes, they so. do. But if you also look at a lot of the pictures of the people in the field, they're not wearing the pretty over stuff. A lot of pictures of people working in the field are wearing their linen underclothes and like their pants rolled Trying down. Trying to be cool. Yeah, be cool. And that's the part that, you know, if they're going to get worn out, they washed it a lot. I mean, yeah. it's like people who believe, oh, people in the Middle Ages bathe so rarely. I'm like, no. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, no, but <laughs> so you're right about it. If you're going to be stuck with a, working with a bunch of people, do you really want them to well, that's what I thought it was yeah. like, though. I thought yeah. maybe you must just but get that's accustomed what the, to it. But that's what a lot of the movies would have you <laughs> yeah, believe, yeah. too. But, yeah. I mean, if you start looking at it, there's communal bathhouses. So oh, yeah, yeah. if that's a thing, then clearly being clean. Like, did you have a shower every day? No. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. They, they knew what soap was. They knew how to keep things clean. They kept their hair covered. You know, Which one, is going to, yeah. There are religious reasons, but... I can tell you, you know, you can't tell whether or not I have two head underneath this hat. Right. <laughs> right? Well, speaking of religions, <coughs> were there a lot of different religions? What you wore, would those in any way indicate what religion maybe you were or if you're religious or not? So we're going to, a lot of the pictures that you see are going to be hyper-focused on the Christianity of the time. But we also right. know that, you know, there were people of color in the middle mm -hmm. ages and they weren't always christian either um you can were actually they, uh, were they slaves not all of them no, no. i mean there's um because i'm gonna europe right i'm gonna it's... actually go and say if you want a really good starting place without going down the rabbit hole yeah uh, the Lethbridge medieval club which i'm a member did a great article i think it was last year in february about all the black faces in the middle ages that weren't slaves oh really i mean even in earlier periods they very apropos with it being black history month that would oh, be yeah. a great a great hold instagram is amazing yeah. for that one too yeah. actually there's one instagrammer her name is oh man i know her as Gigi. i think she's the belladonna history if you want to see some pretty stuff, yeah. oh my God, look at her stuff. <laughs> so pretty. Um, and then the other one is uh, one of the other people that I've been learning. She's uh, she is of Jewish ancestry, and she actually looked and saw that the veils, like there's a type of veil that you could see if it had like these blue bands on the end. Apparently, that was a symbol that uh, you were Jewish. Oh. So there's a lot of hidden stuff that in there that... We don't know. I mean, there's even meeting and why certain would you, clothing. Why would you want to, what do you think? Like, um, do you think it was Jewish people that was, they wanted that to be there or was that a... I'm going to say that I don't actually have enough knowledge for this. Yeah. I know in many cases, I mean, they got blamed for the Black Plague for crying out loud. Mm, really? Oh yeah. In certain, in certain places, yes. Oh, really? So there are some places that force you to identify yourself, which... I'm not even, I don't want to go down that hole because it gets right. me angry. Is, uh, yeah. um, but there are some places that we just know that, you know, if you're going to go down to the southern parts of France and Italy and Spain, there's going to be Muslim people there. Right. Right. Of right. Yeah. Um, so it's some of identification, but there's also other sumptuary laws where they force you to wear certain things. I just read, uh, a book called The Secret Sex Lives of Medieval Women. 
Oh. Oh my God, it's so good. Yeah. But they talked about, you know, prostitution has always been a thing. Yeah. Always been a thing. Yeah. And depending on what city and everything, the rules change. I mean, London paid for its prostitutes to live in certain places. Oh. There are places in France that if you were a prostitute, you better wear a yellow hood or striped hood. And depending on where you are, like stripes can mean you're treasonous or you're a prostitute or, hmm. you know, we're going to say you weren't of great virtue. So striped clothing can actually, depending on the place and the time period, mean that you're not trustworthy. The scarlet letter? <laughs> yeah. Well, I kind of think of it in the terms of, you know, how like later on um, we see the the horizontal stripe versus vertical stripe. Mm -hmm. um, we see that kind of, even into punk culture, I think of like the Ramones with their striped shirts. Oh and then, yeah, yeah. And then I think yeah. of um, jailbirds where, you know, we typically think of people in jail wearing the black and white stripes. Right, right. I wonder if that doesn't come we don't from, have, yeah, if we don't yeah. have an idea of that from somewhere. Right. That said, that could be an art history like dissertation. So someone do it. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you need to do a few more dissertations. <laughs> I have a bachelor's. I ain't that smart. <laughs> um, so this latest project that you're working on, yep. um, which people will make sure they have the YouTube link where you kind of introduce what you're doing. Um, and then also unpackaging the silk brocade. And I'm not even an unpackaged kind of watch girl, but oh my God, your joy, your literal joy. And then you're like, oh, I should have gloves. Oh, I should have gloves doing this. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> Little interlude while you go and get gloves. Oh my God. That made me laugh so much, but it was gorgeous. Yeah. And is it for this new project? It's actually not because the uh, manuscript that I chose, she is probably just a regular, like the people in that picture, probably just regular guild workers. Right. I don't think any of them would have been able to afford silk brocade right. what i am making myself is i'm making myself some sleeves <laughs> and i am gonna make myself a little pouch yeah yeah because i really yeah. just i honestly it's almost the same price as um, wool broadcloth right now the silk brocade is almost the same price as wool broadcloth right now okay again i don't know so is wool, wool broadcloth so what you don't want um they didn't do knit wool okay. like knitting is did they do it? Yes, we have pictures of people knitting. Did they make knit outfits? I don't have any evidence of that. Mm. Could they have made like a, we know that they made like little cushions and stuff like that. Right. We have evidence of knitting there, but the weave is definitely like over, under, over, right. under. Um, you want some good stuff, look at the um, Leftbridge Weavers Guild. Man, those oh, ladies they, know, they're amazing. so amazing. They <laughs> they're are. so helpful for like understanding things. And there's a lot of YouTube tutorials of what is the different weave? Yeah. So a lot of like just a plain tabby weave where it's just over, under, over, under. Yeah. A lot of that is what people would have had. So that's what you're hoping for, for when you find your linen and your wool. I mean, it's fun to find um, complex woven things, but uh, they didn't always have that. And the looms are only so big. And yeah. so when brocade became a long thing where it's like the fancy patterns and everything, yeah. like that stuff's expensive. And think about how expensive it would be um, back then to have like a thing a woven wool or or linen depending on where you are it will change prices there yeah um, versus now you're talking silk and then silk production 
you know, probably had to come down through Italy and like we're almost talking like this, you know, along the spice road and everything like that yeah. until we started having actual silk production in France, which isn't until like almost the end of the Middle Ages. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's, it's a, it's a, this is my Lamborghini. Like I kind of, <laughs> I kind of think of a brocaded outfit as this is my Ferrari. Really? Yeah. This yeah, is, that, this is their flex. The, right. This is the, look at me. Yeah. Versus, um, you know, to have the, the ironic thing is now that historical stuff is becoming popular again and reproduction things are getting popular again, the place where I get, um, I look at so many places online to see who has what, but the place where I got that silk brocade, when they had that and I was able to pre-purchase it before they made it, yeah, it was oh, the really? same price per, per meter as like my wool is for a future project that I'm making. Oh. Yeah, and it's just, that's insane to me that yeah. something that is silk brocade. Yeah, yeah. And just um, wool, wool is not an easy thing to get your hands on right now anymore. Um, hmm. The mills are just shutting down really? even before COVID. Well, because who wants to pay for something made of quality when they can have something plastic yeah. from who knows where? Yeah, yeah. No, unfortunately, no disrespectful that's where we're at right to now. the place where they are. But well, it's <laughs> if you want to have a good laugh, anyone who's been sewing for a really long time should take a look at this group called "Can You Sew This for Me?" <laughs> and it's, it's all about all these people that are like, "Oh, I'll give you fifty bucks to sew me," and then they'll like throw the, <laughs> a Cinderella gown. I'm like, I'm not going to sew anything for you. I will happily give you links to videos. I will yeah. happily like even show you like oh, yeah. try this. I'm not going to ever do that. For you. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> Especially for fifty bucks. Oh my god. Well, people 50 bucks just is... don't have any idea. Why can't you? I just want a costume. It's like Belle from you know when she's just being a peasant. Can't you just do that for me for fifty bucks? I'll give you the material. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I, I I can't be here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you have to. Well, and the thing is too, the quality <coughs> that you're doing, right? I yeah. mean, that's and that's what's important to you. Yeah. So. When, with this latest project, when you're going and you're looking through and you're researching to find, and see, see she just unpinned her arms because she's warm, because Problem solved. I'm cold. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> you're allowed to so, be warm. Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, so that's super cool. I think I just need those in my life. Like, I just want to wear those well, for fashion. I mean... Think about these. Are they really that different than like spats? leg warmers? Or, yeah, they're oh, spat. Yeah, yeah, they're kind of like. Yeah. Think of them almost as spats. Like, yeah. I mean, I I like the idea. And to quote a very awesome person, sleeves are bullshit. <laughs> and making them and wearing them. I'm not a fan of sleeves. I mean, Lane yeah. is amazing, so I'm good. Well, I'm a fan of sleeves because I'm not a fan really of my arms as much. What? It's I'm embracing light. them now, but but I'm not all my life. Like even when I was a thin girl, yeah. For I've some never reason, I just I've never did, been one. Yeah. So I just did not like my arms. So I'm I'm the last few years, yeah. I'm getting my strength up and just wearing them. I'm getting yeah. them tattooed. That helps. Oh, but um, yeah. But anyways, so I like sleeves. And so when I see things like this, yeah. where it's not a full sweater, yeah. but it's like a sleeve, yeah. then that's kind of kind of enticing because it's well, it's you just give yourself a little cap sleeve and then you just yeah. And then just the only thing is um. Maybe use a fancy safety pin, cause like, pretty sure the TSA would not like this. <laughs> 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 you don't think so? Yeah. 
I mean, I got in trouble for bringing knitting needles on a on a flight. Really? Once. They took. Oh, it was. It was like right after oh, 9 11 yeah. and everything like that. So they took they it stole, away. I had a teeny weeny little jackknife. Yeah. No, little jackknife that Paul gave me. It wood oh. and brass and just the most beautiful Did little thing. Did they let you ship it And home? it was, well, I didn't have an envelope. I didn't have oh. anything. And my flight was leaving, right? Yeah. And so he's like, Do you have a stamped envelope you can give me? I'm like, I didn't know I was going to have to. In fact, I didn't know it was in there. Yeah. I don't know why I'm coming oh, in this story. No, but, but that's that's exactly what happens. <sighs> I've I've lost really nice Swiss knives that way too. Yeah. I and get I just, it. Yeah, I totally. I should almost, knowing me and how I am, I should just carry around yeah. envelopes that have my <laughs> stamps and whatever because I was really sad to lose yeah. that one. But anyway, so that's a whole other thing. So, um, but what I was mentioning was when you're going through and you're looking through all these manuscripts mm -hmm. and I saw you chose what you want to do. Okay, so it's not like you can go, you know, go to McCall's and find their pattern no. for making it. So how the heck do you start? Well, I cheated by picking a pattern from a time period I'm familiar with. Yeah. So there, there's actually a lot of costumers out there that have their information on there and where their sources are. Yeah. But the thing is, um, back then there wasn't a paper pattern for them to make things from. Right. What they use just they draped. themselves. They draped. Yeah. You went in and you got draped. Would right. they have something that maybe was close to your size? Yep, yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a really great, oh man, what's their name? Popula Urbanum. She did a really great tutorial on how to do like a really simple hood and how to drape it. Huh. And she's like, this is how it is. So um, there's a lot of costumers and YouTubers out there that will show you how they did the drape method. I am probably going to do something similar, but um, I'm going to also use a mock-up and cheat a little bit there because if this garment is eventually something I'm hoping to dye with woad or indigo, um, uh -huh. I, I am probably going to want to get it done sooner rather than later. Uh, I just checked yesterday because I didn't think about checking sooner. The Canadian supplier that I would normally use for woad, yeah. they're out. Oh, because they do it in a sustainable way. Um, I like Maywa a lot, um, but indigo. I think I still have some indigo left over, so maybe I'll use that. So I, when you say that, do you construct the garment first and then dye it? Yes, and okay. the reason I mean, are you hoping for sadness? Um, you can have some weird spots if you dye it funny. You can. You right. just you just redip it and do it again and get a slightly darker color if you need to. Yeah. Um, I'm newer to natural dyes. I used to just get a good old writ dye. Right. Um, uh, my natural dye experiments that I have used have worked out really well. You want a, a really easy one? Grab yourself some yellow onion skins and you will see the golden yellow that you can get out of that. Oh, really? Yeah, you like make a tea, take all the stuff out and then dip it all in there. Even yeah. if you don't um, do the prep mordant, you'll still get a really yellow, pretty yellow. And what are you gonna use to do your purple? Um, well, or I'm gonna, indigo. Indigo, so that, yeah. So I'm going to get a blue. And depending on the dip, indigo is denim. Right. Yeah, it's denim. So I want kind of more of a flax flower kind of color. So right. a lighter one. Yeah, so I just yeah. don't put it in there as long. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully. I mean, if it goes darker, <laughs> if it goes darker, yeah. it's fine. If it goes lighter, it's fine. It yeah. is what it is. And yeah. that's part of the experiment. Mm -hmm. um, and then I was also reading 
on this one website because uh, it doesn't you can't just put it in water you have to like add a bunch of stuff to the water to get the indigo to actually accept into the water and it I'm very grateful that one I have a little bit of a chemistry background and two I know people really good at chemistry. I was chemistry. gonna say and you have I have, have a friend. I, who's I have a Chris Fisher yeah. <laughs> the chemistry department at the University of Lethbridge yeah. who can ensure that I don't poison myself <laughs> while doing this because natural dyes. Yeah. You know what also is natural? Arsenic. Yeah. Uranium. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't mean it's safe. Well, and and yeah, I was uh, I was watching. Uh, what was I watching? Oh, the Outlander. And so they were saying, you know, someone's like, no, I gave him lead. I don't know why he's dying. Oh, mercury. I, yeah, you know, mercury. That's what it was. Not lead. Mercury. Yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> I I get it. I I watch historical shows all the time too. Just understanding, uh, like when it comes to fashion. Fortunately, I don't know that time period's fashion very yeah. well. Yeah. And that makes those shows kind of still enjoyable for well, me. Yeah, for me, I don't know it, right? Yeah. So I don't have to go, oh my God, I can't believe they're wearing this no. with that or that they're wearing that because I don't know. So I can completely enjoy yeah. it yeah. and throw all myself into it. But in a way, it would be nice to have that background a bit because yeah. you probably even just appreciate things a lot more than I would by by watching them and having that background but well it's interesting because um just even social structure is very different like man think of social structure 20 years ago versus now and even though things didn't change as fast outlander time period versus the 15th century it's pretty pretty substantially different yeah even in just who did what and the clothing and technology once those ships started sailing yeah the yeah. big I, I think of the tall ships like i really think of like once they started coming to north america there were so many different things that happened that time right um the renaissance might have you know been the time of light and all that kind of stuff but we really slipped back when it came to like human rights and stuff like that yeah yeah we for sure fast track on the technology screw the human being you know <laughs> it seems about right um so your what's your goal with doing your social media and with doing these projects i mean obviously it satisfies the researcher and person yep. within you well if i can for me i'm never going to become youtube famous i already know mm -hmm. that and i kind of like that was actually a nightmare for me i don't ever want to be famous yeah i that that sounds terrifying so um one youtube i do youtube videos because i wanted to learn some basic video editing for work mm -hmm. um and two it keeps me accountable to me to do a thing instead of saying i'm gonna do a thing and then i'm just like oh look a book you know like yeah. i can just i'll just go research some more well that's even with this art podcast like yeah. sort of yeah. making the commitment to do it every week yep. you know and it's it's just making that commitment and knowing that I've said it's going to come out this time and so when it's not the thing that you get your money from when it's not your primary know, job yeah it's really hard to think of what are you going to do for yourself yeah what yeah. are you learning so for me it's like what are you learning this month yeah and there's a lot of people who are like what are you talking about you're not doing this for work and I'm like no I'm doing this to tell myself that I can yeah and if something that I do, if I make a mistake on there that prevents someone else from making a similar mistake, or if I can just say, hey, I made this, it's not great, but this is how it turned out. Yeah. One, I might prevent someone else from doing that. And two, 
I might learn that it's okay to mess up. Yeah. There is a lot of... When I was younger and I was You prolific. don't seem like the type that messes up very much. You seem kind of perfectionist. Yeah, in the worst way, though. I was one of those... <laughs> Um, in French immersion, the gifted kid in, in the, I remember this one person said due, that means gifted. Oh, okay. And so you didn't, you didn't mess up. You needed to yes. hold yourself to this idea. You were good and you only produced good things. Right. And then when you, and then when I started sewing, I just made a whole bunch of crap. Yeah. It was crap and I knew it was crap and for some reason, okay. And then as I got older, I'm like, why is it your stuff? And that whole thing came in. So just like, get over it. Make the thing. Do the thing. Yeah. I think so. there's another YouTuber that uses that expression a lot. Do now. the thing? Just do the thing. <laughs> and I'm like, that is probably the deepest thing I've ever learned from YouTube. <laughs> just do the thing. I had a sculpture <laughs> professor at the University of Lethbridge. And I was stuck. Like it's, once you get to a certain part in art, you're just waiting to be able to do what you want without any yeah. projects. Da, 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 da. And then all of a sudden I got there and I was like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Like it's this big thing, right? And he was like, just do something. Yeah. If you just start yeah. and do something, instead of just sitting here and feeling like, I'll just research more. I think I just need to it's keep researching. So I shouldn't. Easy. I, I know, like I, I fall into research. I love researching. Yep. And so I fall into research often and it can be, oh, and I'll then just you're like, I'm gonna go this more. way. I'm, gonna, yeah. I'm just gonna go back this way a bit. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll get there eventually. <laughs> oh, so, so true. So um, I, I've wanted to know about medieval um, reenactments and, and so, yeah. and the club you have here. And can we yeah. just sort of talk a bit sure. about that? Because I don't really sure. know, other than sort of seeing pictures where everyone's all dressed up, I don't really know yeah. what happens. So, um, there's actually a lot of different reenactment groups out there. Yeah. Our flavor is the Middle Ages, which is essentially anything from the early, high, and late Middle Ages. Um, and we don't necessarily always define that by time period, our specific date, because yeah. depending on where you live, the Renaissance didn't like light switch, you know, like yeah. it, it happens and it slowly spread depending on where you are. Um, for this one, we're trying to get people to recreate stuff from the Middle Ages and we don't necessarily just reenact one event. Um, what we'll do is we'll do, we'll ask a person to kind of portray someone who could have existed during their chosen time period and place. Right. And research into that. And we kind of keep it fairly broad because we don't really want to force anyone into, you must pick this time period. There are groups out there that are amazing. Yeah. That say, we're doing this 25 year period from France. You know, like yeah. that's all they do. Right. And the stuff and the research that comes out of there, thank you for sharing it. Yeah. But yeah. that isn't necessarily our goal because like, I have surfed a little bit everywhere. I've gone everywhere from my Renaissance time period all the way to my earlier. Like I, I tried to do some of the Saxon stuff, and you know, I realized, eh, you know, not my not my jam right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. and basically, depending on the event, sometimes we'll try and have a feast, or we'll say, all right, we're gonna pretend that we're all this part of France. Yeah. Notice we didn't necessarily say time period. <laughs> this part of France. Yeah. And we're going to say that it's a fall feast. Right. And then we'll say what foods are available during this time period. What's special, what, you know, what 
what feast day might be yeah. happening at this yeah. time. Yeah. Um, and then we'll also have camping events where a lot of us, I'm going to say there's actually a lot of people in our group that actually have a medieval pavilion. And don't you have, you have yeah. like a, I have a I've, big one. I've seen on Facebook. I've, I've got a chunk boy. Yeah. <laughs> you've, you've got a glamping. Oh yeah. Medieval, <laughs> medieval camping. Cause you got to think about it. It's a little bit different when you reenact it because there's not, medieval people lived in houses. They did not leave in their tents. Right. However, a lot of times when they went, it's because maybe they're on campaign. Maybe they were moving. Maybe they were, there's, there's not a lot of. There's not a lot of reason why you would have, but you would have brought everything with you. Were there certain events, though? Like, I mean, we have Christmas. Were there certain events, like the equinox or something, mm -hmm. that then were big celebrations and maybe they oh, would yeah. tend to feast, get feast? Fe and... Feast days happened. Yeah. Um, would you put up a pavilion for it necessarily? No, because a lot of it happened in in places. Though we do know that some when some marriages and stuff like that happened, yeah, people would have to bring tents because if just because you're a royal does and got to stay in the castle where's the rest of your people gonna stay right right and the answer isn't necessarily in town yeah so you not a lot of motels too. then uh, well <laughs> there there are a lot of inns but remember a lot of the inns had reason and purpose and you know traveling was usually you were passing through right you know you would have found a place to stay and and so is it like a big potluck Everyone makes things uh, to share. Or sometimes does everyone yes, make and, their own thing. Sometimes yes, and sometimes no. Because while we try and be as authentic for your time period as possible, yeah. we also recognize we are safety over historical accuracy. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason why, like, we're not saying you need to take out your piercings. Right. You need to take off your eyeglasses. Yeah. You need to hide your, you know, medical device. Our group says, do your best to hide it. Yeah. But we would rather a person wear their glasses than fall flat on their face in the yeah. fire pit. Yeah. So that's kind of where our boundary is. And each group's going to decide what's there. But one of the things that we do is we actually do have rules about, you know, your clothing. Is the out is is what your outfit is made of, is it appropriate for your time, place, and period? Yeah. So if someone just sort of orders medieval costume online <laughs> that sad. comes in a fortrell um <laughs> oh, are they going to be turned away at the at the gate or well I mean... first of all we only have events for members um do we do what we used to do called public programming back in the pre-planned yeah. times yes we'll be at like canada day and we'll have this and if someone wants to come out and hang Educate out with us bit. and yeah if someone wants to sit with us in their medieval-ish, that's fine. Just yeah. um, you're not, not a member. The, yeah. You're not a member. But yeah. that said, if you want to become a member, we'll help you learn how to do the research and the sewing and the, right. you know, we'll help you get the basics so you can become a, you know, full member of the group. And then you can focus on who you want to be and what time period you want to be. Yeah. There's some people who will join because there's combat. Right. Um, I'm a big fan of just practicing. Well, I was before COVID. I would go to fighter practice to do um, kind of jokingly called it sword foo, where I would just um, I would do the motions of certain uh, fighting motions with the with the wooden sword. Oh, okay. because it's like you you do that and it helps. It's like strength. It's kind of like 
what are the, what is the thing that you see people do in the park that's like the slow movements? Oh yeah. What is it? Tai Chi? Yeah, something like that. it's I kind of think of it as that. Yeah. Just with a stick in my hand. Oh, really? And it's just I don't like hitting people. It's yeah. it's not my thing, but I I am very relaxed really with the like sword in my the... Yeah, I like yeah. having a, the wooden sword in my hand and I just go nice and slow um and yeah, it depends on your level. You can do that. You can do um the the kind of thing where you just have to have like a padded say a padded jacket for I, I don't know how to explain it if you haven't yeah. seen it you wear that and you do do light hits and um, that's kind of like the historic where they focus on the historical sides of it um, there are people who still do the Society for Creative Anachronism style rattan weapon fighting it's a little bit harder um, the armor is pseudo medieval. And then there's people who do the Battle of Nations and the IMCF, which is the International Medieval Combat Federation, where it's like metal swords and you better have like the really strong thing. And it's up to you which level you're going to do. That's also another part of the group. We don't have a lot of that happening right now because plague. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good word for it. Plague. Plague. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Stacey. Before we go, can we just kind of sure. maybe show and yeah, talk no problem. about these? Apparently, I'll maybe try I and describe them a little bit for our people um, uh, who are just on the podcast. Ooh, can but, I go around? I'm going um, to do this, and I will just hold it for a second. Okay. Because <laughs> I just don't want to... <laughs> oh. I hope I just didn't make a big loud noise when I took this off. I apologize if I did. Uh, I want to make sure we can see. Well, I can I can duck down too. Well, no, 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 no. So, you. and uh, do you have enough room for your yeah. microphone? Oh yeah. Okay. No problem. All right. So this is my sleeves because apparently I brought two because you can never have enough sleeves. Yeah, and so these are what you were wearing in the beginning and yep. holding on with the pins. Yep. So they would come. Well, <laughs> yeah. Look at the difference in our arm length, though. Well, you make them for yourself, right? Yeah. Um, so that one is a little bit bigger because sometimes I'm wearing thicker. Yeah. Sometimes I'll wear uh, a wool under as well, an yeah. extra layer. You just add it on; it's warm. Oh, I think they're wonderful. Okay, and okay. this one is a. This is out of the big four pattern groups, um, like I think it was Simplicity or ever, and it's not really that authentic, but it was my first attempt. Uh, doing something well, called and I just love the color and the material, of course. Yeah, yeah, and it was it fits. Oh my god, it it, it fit me perfectly at the time. <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah, so there, it's got um, the green velvet yep. trim, and then just this beautiful, beautiful. You wouldn't call it purple. What color is this really? I mean, it's purple, but it has. To me, if you're gonna say if you're gonna call anything purple, yeah, that's the color okay. I'd say purple <laughs> is. Okay, good. And it's a long, a long uh, dress, and it's kind of that umpire waist. Then, yeah, right? I, yeah. So um, what you call um, the hoopalon is like the first time that we're seeing a lot of the empire waist kind of style. Mm -hmm. I know we call it empire waist now because we just. The hoopalon where you fit it right here. Yeah. It's so good for big girls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so, so flattering. It's flattering on everyone, really. All right. And then this is that green one we were talking about earlier. It's the green coat that I made for Doug, and it buttons up in the front. And it is, like, just, just it's so, so comfortable. Like, sometimes 
If I can't figure out where my house code is, I highly suggest make yourself one of those. Uh, yeah, I could just <laughs> see that. Um, one of the things too, what would he, you called it a coat, which is C-O-T-T-E, yep. right? Yep. And is that the same, is that a coat? Like we would Think of it jacket? as a coat. Yeah, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. So it's, he would it's wear... It's overwear. You would wear a tunic and yeah. um, for that time period, you are going to wear hose and your little... Um, I'm going to call them boxers for, they're not boxers in medieval but yeah. they're braids. But think of boxers. Okay. You, and then you would have hose that, um, in the, as time goes on, you'll actually have hose that actually you just put on, think of like tights, but they're like two tubes that you tie onto your, <laughs> your thing. They're really great for when it's really warm because you can yeah, actually like roll got... them down oh, and right. then you just put a garter around there and you tie it oh, and it's like, yeah. just wear your boxers around. <laughs> <laughs> well, and what, um, what sort of, um, besides the undergarment, are, are women and men mostly just wearing the arm undergarment with nothing else? Besides the men, you're sort of saying there's kind of boxers. Well, are women wearing, they're not wearing bras. They're not no. wearing corsets. No, you usually have something a little tighter up here. Yeah. Um, there's no evidence of, I've yet to find evidence of underwear for women. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that said, women have always been stealing men's fashion, so. Yeah, could have been under there. Yeah. Someone told me at one point that women wore um, like no underwear. So when they were working like in the fields or something, they, they could literally kind of go to the washroom easier. They, they could have, they could have. I know by the Victorian era, women had extra, um, and I'm going to totally steal Abby Cox for the YouTuber on this one. They wore um, extra aprons underneath that they would bring forward and that they would wear during their periods. Oh. And she tried wearing one for a week. Yeah. And she says, just, just, as, comfortable, yeah. just as comfortable as a modern convenience. There you go, hey. yeah. yeah. So... Maybe they did that and we just don't know. Um, there seems to be, unless if you wrote about it to another woman, women a lot of time periods were told not to talk about that. Oh. So, I mean, heck, you can't even say tampon without people getting uncomfortable these days, right? And I it's know. in the what year are we? Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. All right. Okay. This is an old one that honestly is an example of something that I need to work on. This oh is called a Leary gosh. Pipe Hood. This is a hood that you pull like right over your head. Really? You put your head through. So oh, this yeah. would go yep. like this. <clears throat> pull your head all the way through that hole and make sure it fits. Yeah, there you go. Oh. There you go. And the dags are to show off how, how rich you are. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, for it feels lady, really good, actually. It's, it's really nice and warm. Yeah. That one's comfortable. Do you ever wear it when you go out for a walk? Yes. <laughs> I yeah. totally would. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, there's that one, and uh, for ladies, it's actually more fashionable, I guess, for my the place that I'm going time period-wise, for it to be open and for you to have buttons. So technically, that's men's style, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, static claim now. All right, let me show you the cloak oh that I most recently goodness. made. This one, I'm not a fan of it because you can see where I used my serger. I still serge <laughs> almost everything I have, which is not medieval. Yeah. But then I still fell it down. Oh, okay. I'm just going to say, go ahead and stand. Okay. And I'm going to put this on because the way that I actually constructed it, it should sit on your shoulders. Oh, there's no, uh, just put, your, I'll just stand normal. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to. Okay. There you go. So we're putting it over kind of like a cape. Yep. That's just a
That's it. And the way that I've shown it, um, do it will just stay. It will just stay on. It your totally head. does stay. Yeah, no, I am in love with this. I might not give it back. <laughs> I absolutely. Really it's one of the easiest things oh, to make. It's so wonderful. Now yeah. I found in the 15th century, there's not a lot of pictures of women wearing cloaks, because I have found the hoopalond, which is like one of the versions of this. Yeah. There's a bigger one. It's like a bigger version of that, and I'm almost wondering, I'm like, did they just wear those but lined instead of wearing a cloak? Right. So I still love it because there's nothing better than being And you said fire. it's pretty easy to make? This one I actually think is really, I can teach, I can teach this at a beginner workshop. Well, I, if you have one, let me know. Yeah. When COVID quits, yeah. if you decide to have a cloak workshop. Yeah. Um, I only have a singer that goes frontwards and backwards. Yep, yeah, you're good. Because that's all I... Yep. Uh, I can do this, but remember um, they didn't even have that. So yeah. Oh, I like this. Yeah, just wear it. If you're, if you're oh. cold, wear it. Yeah. I, you I know. know. Why, why did I have this out here I before? I know. I should have just. <laughs> I'm a jerk. That's but why. I do just love. You're right. The way it just it sits on your shoulders. Yep. Like it's just really really nice. Could I way. could I have a clasp on it? Yeah, but I don't need it. Yeah. I didn't make it that way. No, that's the thing. You it doesn't feel like you would. Like it yeah. really feels like it's gonna sit. All right. All this right. is one of the first things I ever made, and I still have it. This was just, and this is just a, an example of costuming. This is not necessarily even an example of what to do, how to do it right. Yeah. This is just a big shirt, big peasant type shop yeah. shirt. It is made out of the most scary polyester ever. <laughs> but I'm just saying, if you want to make yourself stuff. You can stuff, start somewhere. You can start somewhere. Yeah. But that thing works amazingly. It feels really nice too. Underneath. It's got a nice weight to it. My, one oh. of my Italian Renaissance dresses that I made. Ooh, cha-cha. And you'll see it goes perfectly underneath this guy. Oh, that's the back. <laughs> this thing right here. I should have set our camera up better. That's okay. So that we could And see that is a brocade. It is definitely a man-made brocade, but it's a really pretty one. It even Very has like pretty. some, you can tell that it's right for the time period because you see the flowers, this like pomegran uh, pomegranate. Yeah. Oh, right. So the, spot on. the design of it yep. is something that would have been. And this is when I discovered how evil eyelets are. Oh, um, wow. I actually did you do those by hand? Oh, so I did a dumb thing <sighs> where I used the two-piece rivet, pop rivet yeah. things, and I, or um, eyelet things, and then yeah. I clunk, and then I sewed around each one. Oh. Um, that don't do that. necessarily that easy. No. Okay, well, they're great because they're going to keep the circle open. Right. But the reason you don't want that is this is now dry clean only. I could never actually wash it. Oh. Because there's metal in there, it's going to rust. And I've had a dress, and it was a really pretty fantasy stretch velvet cream dress. And it was right. beautiful. And I did the exact same thing, and then I washed it. Oh. Rust. Oh, it no. rusted. It was so, so yeah, sad. So those, yeah, those are listening on the podcast. Um, they're very beautiful. It has the lacing coming up the back. And so she has used the two-class metal um, grommet. Yeah. yeah, grommet. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly the word. Um, and then stitched over it. So it's got a, a really lovely um, look to it. Yep. But now she has dry clean. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, and then this, right, right. And then I made this yes. out of the matching. Which I know. See, this is the one I like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and so this you would wear to a ball. Yeah. The only thing is I didn't make this to hold, so I specically made this, so I actually have to take it down. Right. But I also made this is in a way to almost be a... Uh, it depends on the thing. I don't know enough about Italian When I run. watch movies, they always have them on sticks. 
They have them on sticks. They yeah. have them tied with lace. Yeah. Um, but if you, if you're hosting, I'm not entirely sure you want your face to be hidden. Right. You want people to. You want to just. Hold it's just it. more of an accessory. Yeah. It's yeah. the. It's a really freaking pretty accessory. It is. It is. <laughs> and then I've got the hat. Let me just put this back in that tub. <laughs> Look, Thanks so much for bringing these things so we can have a look at what we're talking about. Okay, this is a crazy hat. I call this the volcano hat because you put it on the back of your head and then you're supposed to put your hair through it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, your hair goes through like a yeah. ponytail. So, you so actually it's put going it on. back here. Yeah, and then you put yourself in a high ponytail and you make sure that the hair comes out the back <laughs> of it. So it's important to have that hair coming yeah. up. And you, I think you'd mentioned earlier that sometimes they oh yeah they would totally buy hair to to put fake hair on yeah they would buy hair for poorer people it's nice it's still really soft i can't believe and that thing light. has lasted as long as it has um that thing's old that thing's yeah. like I think that's and it's still white how are you keeping it white um <laughs> you know the yeah can of the can of air that you get for your computer oh <laughs> i do not really yeah because i have it out on display right i have it in my in my sewing space because even though some of these things are crazy i have another i have another big one kind of similar to that yeah it has like the like these two little oh it's kind of like this one actually yeah where it has like two little kind of antennae that come off of it to do something called a butterfly henan and you actually like put a veil over top of it to make it oh, come really? out like that. But I'll tell you, you're sitting down and not doing anything when you're wearing those yeah, things. Yeah, well, because often that would be the way, right? They wouldn't be doing. Yeah, anything. that's actually one thing. Like, if you want to look at all these really pretty 15th century women, yeah, um, the higher class they are, probably the less likely they're doing anything. Mm -hmm. And they're just sitting there. I'm like, well, that's really pretty, but they're not doing anything. Right. And people worked. <laughs> So. Yeah. Well, and especially when you're, and the oh. belt you're wearing, is that something? So there's a good chance that this belt here is actually a men's belt and not a, um, not a proper woman's belt. Um, they would have belted, but I don't know if they would have belted with leather or if they actually would have used in like woven or fabric. And these these are prayer beads, no? The, this is actually, yeah, for my time period, it would have been exceptionally rare. And I feel a little bit weird wearing this because, like, I'm not Catholic. Yeah. But um, to not have, you would have thought of this as a rosary, but this is a paternoster. Right, right. Yeah. And it would have been really weird for you to not wear one because you kind of wanted to fit in. So even so. if you weren't religious, although, you know, I've been thinking of these lately just as, as um, aware, like using them just for an awareness or yep. when yep. you have anxiety to be able yep. to. So same thing. They I was like, had, they actually had something like that for people who um, maybe were a little neurodivergent. Um, when you see someone in a picture wearing like a foxtail. Yeah. Yeah. That is not a symbol of status. That is most likely something to letting the person know that they're, they were probably thought of as a fool. Oh, really? And then when I talked to some of my friends who are neurodivergent, they said, well, wouldn't that be a fantastic calming? So like, that's be, what be I, a as soon as you said yeah, that, it's like a that's all thing, right? I could think about is just yeah. having that too. So when I see someone wear one at um, a fair and stuff like that, yeah. 
I kind of want to let them know, but at the same time, I don't because what if that is their tactile like comfort tool? True. So, I and usually I usually would never mention that. Well, and, so. and especially because people who are wearing it, especially at a oh at a fair, I guess yeah, would be I'm, different, right? Yeah, but not, maybe not they a, have maybe they have anxiety being out with people. Like yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to call attention to something that might make their life worse. Yeah. So I won't. This is my little bag of fun stuff, and I I don't know if these actually are medieval. I just put my fun little things on them. And these pins would have been something they would have used, though. Yes, if you were fortunate enough to have the colorful pins, and I am because um, Chris Fisher blows glass. I asked him Did for. Did he make these? He made all of these. <gasps> no way! I didn't know he blew glass. Oh yeah, he does all the glassware for the science department. A lot of times oh. they would have just used like really simple pins. Yeah. But um, yeah, they oh, would have had are just beautiful. They would have had color pins. You put them yeah. on if you're if I'm gonna do a proper former veil where I have like it all the way around and everything, and I want to pin it in, and I want to show some bling. Yeah. That's when I have those. No, guys. these are yeah, they're really beautiful. I'll maybe take a picture after so I can post it. Um, how how fortunate you are to have some handmade ones. Oh hey? man, I am one <laughs> lucky person yeah. to. These are the. I don't know what I'm doing, and I figured I'd just experiment. Do you think they're good enough? And I'm like, you're worse than I am. <laughs> <laughs> so and before before COVID fit or hit, yeah. Um, you did do um a couple classes, right? Yep. I remember hearing about and that I wanted to come to, um at Theoretical Brewing, who yep. we've talked about Chris Fisher, that's, yep. um, that's, that's one of his babies, yeah, yep. him and Kelty. <laughs> and so it has a wonderful space in it yeah. that um, you can go and sit and have beer or whatever, but also that you can have community gatherings. Yeah, you can rent lovely. it for community gatherings. And who doesn't want to have a community gathering where you can have a beer? And it's such a nice space. Yeah, It's just kind of this warm... Have you seen it since they've redone it? No. Oh, God. So pretty I can't now. wait well because yeah. I was watching the roof and stuff yeah. like that I, yeah so I definitely yeah. have to get in there I thought about a couple times I drove by because I saw their outside patio yeah. it looks so fabulous but um and it's the place where I went in and said I don't like beer what can I drink and, they'll get, and they'll, she gave oh she gave me a drink I was like I love this this is amazing I so. <laughs> don't like a lot of canned beer um I'm not a big drinker in general but they always have something that I'm like I, I like this yeah they always have something that I'm like, this is tasty. Yeah. Well, and I like when I went in there, they're just like, yeah, no worry. I'll, yeah. I'll bring you something. You don't have to <laughs> like beer to have stuff there. And then they also are very supportive of other places that sometimes yes. they have cider and sometimes they'll just even have root beer from Annex Ale. So, I mean, it's just so nice to have like a very welcoming space. <laughs> it is. And with, um, with that, maybe, and obviously they're doing the brewing, yep. but there's other talents as well that are... It's really interesting because yeah. um, sometimes they'll have artists in to like show off their stuff. Like yeah. the, uh, I mentioned in my video that the Shears, one of the persons I was able to contact someone who makes, who used to make jewelry, who's going to make me the sewing shears that I need oh. for my project. And um, he was at Theory Brew. He's oh. actually a member of the Lethbridge Medieval Club as well. Yeah. Um, but it's great because they'll have different like creators actually use their space to be like hey i'm going to display some stuff here yeah go shop and have a beer you know like <laughs> brilliant <laughs> that's community done right <laughs> well and um there is a facebook group right yep. and um even for theoretical brewing i think i'll put their link as yeah, well they're really because, great people yeah they're really well, the good whole team like um there's chris there's kelty there's kelty's significant other matt and then there's kayla and 
man, there isn't an amazing, like every single one of them are amazing in their own right. Yeah. And so welcoming. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me. It was wonderful learning and I don't think I'll be giving cloak back. Oh, we'll make you one in a bright color instead. (laughs) We'll find you some, we'll find you some, we'll find you something in a bright color. Cause like, I know you like this, but I know you like brighter colors. We'll look at the mills. Yeah. Um, Well, thanks again. And thanks for showing us and letting us know. And there are several links that we're going to want to put up. Um, just for your yours, and then a couple that you talked about. That'd be great to have those. Yeah, too. we're gonna have to yeah. go back and find those. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks again. Thanks. Cheers. Bye. Bye.